Chapter 23 of The Mermaid's Message and Other Stories. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jeffrey Wilson, Ames, Iowa. Chapter 23 The King of the Orchard by Helen Edwards. Of all the apple trees in Mr. Campbell's orchard, the robins preferred the Rambo on the hill behind the house. It was tall and strong, and the rise of the ground was so great that they could sit in its branches and see far over the treetops to the turn where the river disappeared between the hills. It had more blossoms, too, and sweeter ones than the others, so the robins thought, and they made their homes there for many springs. The tree seemed glad that the robins loved it, and every year held its head higher and put out more leaves that shaded the nests, and, if Jack Frost did not nip the flowers, bore better fruit each year. Mr. Campbell's little grandchildren often played under the trees, and they liked the Rambo best, too, and named it the King of the Orchard. They used to watch for the robins' return in the spring, and the birds knew that they were friends and built their nests and sang as if nobody was there. "'When I'm big,' said Kate one day, looking at the pink and white flowers, "'I'll climb up there and play I'm a fairy princess with a flower garden in the air.' "'And I'll be the soldier that guards you,' said Dick. "'I'll fly round and round the garden on a winged horse and—' "'Yes, Dick, a pink horse,' broke in Kate." You can really be riding on a branch covered with pink and white flowers, you know. A pink horse, shouted Dick. Who ever heard of such a thing? My horse is going to be black like old Badger, with a white spot on his nose. Fairy horses could be any color, said Kate. And I want a pink one to match the flowers. All right, replied Dick. If you'll let him have green eyes to match the leaves and brown legs to match the branches. So the children made their plans. But the next winter, the north wind came rushing down the valley with such force that it almost snapped the apple tree off at its roots and did tip it over so that it lay along the side of the hill instead of standing straight up as before. It will have to be taken away in the spring, said Mr. Campbell. I am sorry to lose its fine fruit. Oh, our poor tree, said Kate. It was such a beauty. And what will the robins think when they come back and find it gone? I hope they will know we did not cut it down. Spring was a very different thing that year to the injured tree. Though it was not broken off completely, and though the sap ran out into the branches where it could, the tree felt as though it was hardly worth while to put out any blossoms down there on the ground. Still, it tried to keep the apple tree law, that each one shall do his part for the spring flower show. So one morning, when Dick and Kate went to look at their old friend, they saw, instead of bare, dried-up branches, a mass of beautiful apple blossoms. The children clapped their hands for joy and ran to bring their grandfather to see it. 
You'll let it stay, won't you, Grandfather? said Kate. Of course I will, answered Mr. Campbell. Brave old tree. Kate decided that the fairy princess would like an apple blossom garden on the ground better than up in the air. It was so remarkable. And the children had such merry times in the branches that the tree found them even better company than the birds. The robins built nearby and sang to their friends day after day, and as the summer went on, the fairy garden, as Kate called it, turned into a fairy orchard whose apples were the best of the year. I think our tree is more king of the orchard than ever, Grandfather, said Dick, as he came in, his hat and pockets full of fruit, and Grandfather said he thought so too. End of chapter 23 Recording by Jeffrey Wilson, Ames, Iowa